Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. That's right, that's it's right. It's going to be us. We can drink and talk shit as much as we want. Nobody can say anything to it. D.L. Hughley, Uncut. Hey, now, welcome to D.L. Uncut. Uh, D.L. Hughley, Uncut. I'm, of course, in my D.L. Hughley. I'm Jasmine Sanders. And I'm Jeff Brown. It is, uh, it's interesting because this is the, a year anniversary of the, of the pandemic. Um, there were a lot of things that about the pandemic. Obviously, the deaths, um, the unemployment, the damage, the carnage. Uh, things we'll never forget. Good things, I think, came out of the pandemic. I think um, the finally people got getting to see how uh, our systemic biases have affected us sure. in all kinds of ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, you know, no traffic was dope for a it while. Was super yeah, dope. that was great. Wasn't um, it? Those those menus where you take it with your camera, and you ain't got to add no stupid ass waitress to hurry up and get your menu. You ain't got to do that no more. <laughs> and we were born of the we were born of the pandemic. This show was born of the pandemic. One of our things uh, that we we were willing to do a live TV show when no one else <laughs> would. So yeah. and we got COVID doing it. So yeah. well, that's kind of <laughs> how we it took happened. the first hit. <laughs> we did. That's we did. That's how it happened. Um. It's, it's very interesting because, you know, a, a year later now, I guess I, I read recently where now there have been more people vaccinated than ever got the vaccine. I mean, than ever got the uh, the virus. Um, and it does look like I don't you know, I don't want to be uh, presumptuous, but it looks like we're definitely kind of moving in the right direction. We are. I think uh, we still have a long way to go, especially when it comes to the minority community. We're still right. lagging behind, uh, unfortunately. Why, why do you think that is? I think it's because of the mistrust that we have in yeah. the federal government. Yeah. I think uh, the mistrust that we have uh, in any type of authority, actually, because we feel they don't have our best interest at heart. Well, they never. if, if they do, it will be a fir- the first time in history. Sure. It, Where do so we get it's, that? It's a very, it's a very new relationship. Yeah. It's almost like uh, we're like, you, you ever had a, a, a puppy or, or, you know, like a, a pet that was abused and every time you do something, you could be going to give it water and it's like, yeah. oh. Yes. Yeah. And I think also when you look at the optics of it, right, because if you're already in a situation where most black people don't trust the vaccine as well as the test, and then you see a lot of these places that are popping up. So you want me to show up, go to this tent. Stand outside, you know, and and there's no air conditioning. There's just a fan, and it doesn't look so, you know, clinical. And take a shot. Nah, I'm gonna pass. Last time niggas showed up at tents, we got sold. (laughs) That that backs up his point about the the puppy master relationship. In that new relationship, who is it on to foster the security, the puppy or the new master? Well, I I think you're absolutely right, but. you, you, I guess Biden's dog just started biting the shit out of people. Yeah, just, and both of them had to go. Right. <laughs> one of them was like, nigga, I just right. don't like it. I didn't do right. anything. Like, did you, yeah, take him. Yeah. Like now they're talking to his trainer, and the trainer's like, I'm going to get these dogs in line yeah, so they can right. get yeah, back well, to the White well, House. Yeah, well, I got a dog like that. But come over and talk to Charlie in a minute. <laughs> I um, feel bad about Megan uh, and Harry. Um, I feel bad about her treatment, but part of me... Um, can't help but 
wonder what did you say like you know all the royal family like most of us grow up and our parents tell you ain't better than nobody else they grew up and believe they were of course they believe that they they got when they're kings of england they believe that they were born to lead and be royal and they're better than everybody else they're ascended from gods and deities and when people say uh like the white people from here came from there. Yes. And they were so terrible to those white people, they came here. If terror, <laughs> if terror could be put in ships, they are the family right. on the biggest ship. So what ship. did you think? Absolutely. What did you think? I mean, I know, I mean, I just, it's hard for me to feel sorry for, for, sorry for somebody that lived in a castle. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I really believe that she thought, because Harry is far more progressive than William, yeah. right? And I think she thought, he's going to protect me, they're going to protect yeah. him, and all of it was yeah, well, a lie. She was in no suits, he came from a knight in a suit of armor. It's not right. the same yeah. thing. I would, I, let, let me, if, if it's, it's I would be protective. Like, I know what it's like to date royalty. Once I went on a date with the heiress of the pink moisturizer family. Let me oh, tell wow. you something. That's big. And they That was so different. And, that's big. and they, <laughs> so and they different. were so protective of that formula, Jack. Let me, Let me tell you something. <laughs> Lots of curl activated for you. Huh? <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean I think also though there was a point that was made about, you know, well, her relationship with the Queen and Harry's relationship with the Queen. But my thing was if your relationship was so great and the Queen protected Andrew, but didn't protect you. Well, or the baby. Andrew that speaks volumes about the relationship you thought you had. Andrew wow. didn't bring home a black baby. Yeah, but he brought home babies. Yeah, yeah but, they were, but guess what? They were of a certain hue. And he was hugging them, if yeah. you know what I mean. I, I just, I think that I have a new grandbaby who I yes. adore. Now, um, one of the things is you always look for the parts of that baby that, that look you. like you. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure. So, so I think that it's probably difficult for somebody to see themselves. Yeah, but in, now, in all honesty, let's look at the baby. The baby don't look a whole lot like uh, her side of the family. Yeah, you know what? Because he ain't hit that son. He hit that LA son. <laughs> now, when he turns five, it might be different. <laughs> right, 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 but right. right now, he looks a lot yeah. like Harry. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it ain't Archie. It's Prince DeAndre. <laughs> right here. Wait till he races cousins <laughs> outside. He's, do you? This is what's disturbing to me. Like... Um, it went when you leave England uh, and come to America to escape racism. That is a wow. fucked up diaspora, Jake. Wow. I mean, I know <laughs> it went from the UK to UKKK, <laughs> <laughs> but I just I don't feel bad for like he, she, she. I love that he loves her, and he gave up his his his, his potential. Well, he was never going to get the crown. He was never going to get the crown. He, so he gave up, you know, his connection. Financial connection to the royal. Well, just family. the royal family, period. Yes, and uh, and and I, because I know for me, as much as I, I I love my family, if I were at risk of you losing even the potential of being a king, fuck them niggas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> I love Tyler. I love I love the kids, but they, you, you can lose your crown. Bye, niggas. See okay. y'all later. I believe DJ Quick has <laughs> a song that covers this. You don't get the fuck out of my castle. Well, again, if you look at Harry, he was always different. He, he was, was always sort sort of the black sheep of the family. He was, and I think maybe because he knew he'd never be king. So if you think about it, every every piece of footage that we ever saw of him, he was always in Africa. Yeah, yeah, he was always dancing yeah, with look, the yeah, knees. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was different. Okay. He was with the jigaboo. He, yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> he, he was with the spear checker. He was with the spear checker. How honest are we being? How honest are we being? <laughs> He's the only member of the royal family can hurl a spear. I know yeah. that shit. And let me tell you that I, I respect that man because he gave. But, uh, nigga, I could be the heir to White Castle if I had this time. Get... <laughs> <laughs> if you love me, you get bitch. If you don't get out my house, 
You don't get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> take the scent of oily fries off you. Get the fuck out of my castle. Yeah. You, I, I, he, he lived in the castle. He I'm did. The he wrong lived in the person. castle. Never drove a car. Like he was just, you know, royalty. Man, I mean, I love you. I mean, I'm, she's a beautiful woman. Yeah. Beautiful woman, and love is love. But you know, nigga. My daddy yeah. can own three. If my daddy owned three liquor stores, I can't do it. If yeah. I was a producer on a Prince album, I'm not yeah. talking to nobody. Right. God damn yeah. my. Are you crazy? And you had to move here and live in another man's house. Yeah, I want you to get <laughs> Perry's house a lot. Yeah. You, you in the house? You went from the Queens house to the house Madeira built. Look you here. Your goddamn my. That's how good Blackberry <laughs> Pie is, bro. That's how good the, the pie is. is. <laughs> Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to DL Uncut. Our next guest is five-time Grammy Award-winning artist. Her song, Show Me Your Soul, from the documentary Mr. Soul, made Oscar's uh, Best Original Song. Please welcome Layla Hathaway. Hey, hey, now. Hey. Ain't you tired of winning all these goddamn no, Oscars? No, she's not. <laughs> I mean, all these Grammys. Wait, 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 wait. First, we're not, we're not up for an Oscar yet. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then but I'm I prophetic. like the way you put that into the... Yeah. Into the like guys, you have to. Like guys. Prophesy, prophesy, prophesy. So, uh, you, where do you keep all your Grammys at? Where do you where do you keep them at? Um, Some of them are in a box. Some of them are in a box. <laughs> Not on display in the <laughs> living room? No, because I moved at the top of the pandemic, and I have still not unpacked anything. That would have been um, the first so, thing I unpacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that wouldn't even have a bed. Well, I got two of them out in the house just oh, yeah. so I can remember. But the rest of it the I know three people who I, I think of uh, three. One was Charlie Murphy, one was Natalie Cole, and the other is you, who who had these iconic, uh, you know, people that they, they were in the sphere, be it their brother or their fathers, and they crafted their own way that was distinctly different than those luminaries who preceded them. And I, that, wow. that, that takes a lot. I remember... Uh, Eddie Charlie Murphy had Eddie Murphy, of course. Natalie Cole had had Nat, and you had Donny Hathaway. And the thing about it is, I never got the sense from either either one of you. Unfortunately, two of them are not here, but that they were struggling to be anything other than who they were. But they obviously were impacted uh, by the things that the, the people that preceded them. So they, yeah. they, they but to, to be able to do something like that, I thought I've only known three people to be able to do that. That's amazing, and I I, I appreciate that. And I'm honored by that, and I'm somewhat honored by it because you included Charlie Murphy, because he's like one of my favorite 
comedians of all time. And <laughs> yeah. I see music and comedy are are so Same similar, thing. and so yeah. I I appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's so nice to be thought of in the same breath as such a legend. It's so nice that I've been able to figure out my path without worrying about who I come from or where I come from. I was just able to become myself. That says a lot about you because I think most people would be either intimidated, you know, and want to kind of emulate it or just, uh, you know, have a disdain for it. Uh, but you just hit it right in the pocket. Was was that always the case? Because it had to be some moments. You you very uh, well aware that you want the, the daughter one of the greatest male vocalists of all time. So you can't. Oh yeah, the, the great, the yeah. greatest. Correction. Okay. As far as Correction. I'm concerned, yeah, yeah, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, okay. <laughs> <laughs> greatest, to be the daughter of a father is different. You know, I know a lot of uh, women who have famous moms that are in various industries. You know, and lauded in their fields. And I think it might be it might have been different had I been a boy. Had I been born male, they would have named me Donny Hathaway and I would have been trying to sing and that would have gone horribly right, wrong. Right. So the fact that I'm a woman and can follow my own path and I can walk right alongside him, I think makes it different. Is it, is it tough because around the holidays, it's all Donny Hathaway for like a month, two months at a time. It's all Donny Hathaway. It's all that. Like, yeah. it, it, like it ain't even Christmas till I hear, hear, hear Donny Hathaway. It's Christmas. That's right. Is uh, it tough? No, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, you know how like when regular when when your grandma dies, she just be dead. You know what? Well, you know what? It is what it is. You're a great jazzer, but you'll never. You know your granddad and grandma just be gone. You'll never get a job at Hallmark. I know that. You know that bitch is gone. She gone. She was evil anyway. There's something about you know it's it's a it's a double edged sword because my father is never gone, particularly because of what I do. But it's a beautiful thing to have his voice and to have that countenance right with me, you know. Is jazz gone? Is jazz gone? Uh -huh. Gone where? I mean, it it doesn't enjoy the set. I don't. I think jazz and comedy are two American art forms that I don't think I get the appreciation that that it deserves. And I, I think agree. that to be appreciated, like something I, I always heard about jazz is that a prophet has no honor amongst his own. So like oftentimes you're more popular, you're more popular in other parts of the world than here. It's birthplace. Or, or in death. Yeah. Or in death. Yeah. So yeah. I don't. It's, I, it's, deep because, it's because jazz and comedy in a way, in my mind, are super black art forms and and until we begin to teach them as history and as storytelling like they actually are um they're not going to have that kind of respect. Ah, so you think that its viability is rooted in the ability to teach it uh as uh, as a part of history and, and instead of just a specifically an art form but how it narrates and, and informs where we've been and where we're going yeah that's the, that's the deal with black music i think you know, so much of it is from the field. So much of the music that people enjoy all around the world is informed by, like, the black American experience, really. Um, to be able to teach that is the history of black America and, therefore, the history of America, we're not really ready for that yet. Right, right. Um, but it's important to me. that It's as important to me, black comedy, black art, black music, as important as arithmetic, English, all of that. You uh you have jazz for nerds, right? Like it's a it's a it's jazz nerds. What is <laughs> because, <laughs> because... <laughs> I love jazz and I love the candy, so it's almost the same thing. Um, there you go. What, what is nerd. what is what is a jazz nerd? A jazz nerd is a 
there is a a person like me that has kind of a an understanding of music and an understanding of jazz and who is nerdy. It's really simple. Some of the people I'm aligned with, like I don't know if you know Robert Glasper or Of course I know Robert Glasper. I mean, how nerdy can you actually actually be and into jazz? Uh we have a podcast and we just started um recording these podcasts and we did some for the Winter Jazz Festival and, and I was able to talk to some people and Terrace Martin and uh, Amber Navarin about about jazz and about being in this industry as a musician. Sometimes the music part of you and the industry part of you don't meet. Right. Um, uh, but it's important to talk about it and particularly for people that are into it, it's nice to have conversations real conversations about music you know yeah it was interesting as jazz and nerd i would I, those just don't kind of blend because the quint they're most, super the same thing super. <laughs> i'm gonna tell you, the most cool dude i've ever seen to date is miles davis the most he's the most oh. quintessentially cool if you call him nerd he would stab you with his fucking horn but uh <laughs> but but i bet you he was a nerd you, you think so now I'm yeah, I'm I'm actually a nerd, so now I take heart and you tell yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> I think that Miles, I think that there was a part of Miles that was a nerd. I mean, he came, he was educated, he understood his craft. You know what I mean? Each decade that he lived, yeah, he he went to performing arts school. Yeah, he, he went yeah. To performing arts school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Herbie Hancock, he's like one of the biggest nerds I know. Who do you uh? So is is you you listen to all kinds of music, classical? Uh, what what is your favorite? Like when you're not when you're trying to just mellow out, what do you listen to the most? It depends on the mood I'm in. It's hard. Um, I have so much music and, and uh, love so much music, it's hard. Some days I'm chilling out and I want to hear yacht rock. I want to hear soft rock from the 70s, Ambrosia, Doobie Brothers. Uh, there's some days when I'm chilling out and I really want to listen to classical music. I really uh, love Debussy. There's sometimes I'm chilling out and I really want to hear deep soul like Sam and Dave and Luther and it just depends on my mood. I, I'm always interested because I think music, love, math, and laughter are universal languages. Like I, I've never met any person that said they didn't like music. Now, they might not like your kind of music or my kind of music. You can't, it's impossible for you not to like music. It's yeah. impossible for you for you not to like to laugh. It's impossible for you like the lot to be in love. Um, so you, you did you say math too? Math, uh, math is a universal language. Like it's finite. See, you're you're a nerd. You tell <laughs> me all facts right now. Nerdly, nerdly. No. <laughs> That's not that. I'm so goddamn cool. I just I don't want to outshine no goddamn body. That's why I'm like this. <laughs> I hold it in. <laughs> but it is math is a, math is very it's, it's a universal language. It, it, it like and, and music and math are very the same thing. Same thing, yeah. and and there has to be when you say nerd, I get it because there's an intellectual component that's specific to great musicians and great artists. And I think to be a great jazz artist, there's no doubt you have to be a great musician. Is it, it, it well, you can to, to be a great artist, period. To be to be a great rapper, you got to read and write. You know, to be a good artist. Yeah. You know, when I listen, when I'm listening to Kendrick Lamar or DJ Quick, right? Or Big, I know that they understood how to interpret a story and give it back to you. And that right. takes right. Right. That, well, uh, jazz has a, a, a demand and a specificity. Uh, and and, and it, well, they're, they're in order, they're, they're able to improvise because they're so ingrained. They know exactly what they're doing. So they don't have to, they, they know the basics backwards and forwards. They don't have to. But 
the the thing I I it's interesting because you're in a phase right now where jazz doesn't have the resonance it once did, but you find are finding a way to connect to an audience. Like you you're like Alexander Graham Bell to, to admit the telephone, he had to want to talk to people that weren't even there. <laughs> like they don't even know they like jazz. They don't even know. Do you feel a burden? Do you feel like to connect what could be to what was, you feel like you're kind of that bridge? I do. I don't feel a burden about it, but I definitely feel like, you know, I see people do these things where they have old school, new school. Right. I feel like I, I am both old school and new school. Right. I feel like I am just school. So it is, it's inherent in what I do to, uh, to pay homage or write that love letter to that thing that came before me that I'm able to stand on top of and make something with. And then to give it to someone in the future, just like it was given to me, and that's really important. That's how, that's how you learn Farsi. That's right. how you learn, you know. This is this is how you teach language, right? And that's history. That's really important to me. You you have five Grammys so far, and it looks like you're up for a couple more. There has to be a way. Do you know that when you're doing something, oh, uh, these motherfuckers gonna love this? Do you do you think that? Do you ever like? <laughs> Because <laughs> if you can put Grammys in a box, which is already a song, I think you should write that. But uh, okay, <laughs> <you> can... <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Only one time have I ever had a performance, and I thought, oh, and that was that Snarky Puppy uh, performance. Wow. Um, I knew I felt like that was special. I knew that was special because it was six minutes of information, and then that weird thing that I do, and then more information. I thought, oh wow. Regardless of anything, I know that. I wasn't even present for this. This was great. This was mm. I was a channel for something great to come through. What about the opposite? Have you ever done something that you thought was like, it's all right, and then people were like, yeah, oh, my God. All the She said, only this show. Like, I, this, is, this is no PBS. <laughs> this is no Charlie Rose, nigga. <laughs> no, all the time. I feel like, you know, there's some nights I feel like uh, I could have done better, and people are like, oh, it was great. And I, I suffer from a little bit of uh, imposter syndrome sometimes, but really I know exactly about, what you're talking about. Exactly. You know what yeah. I mean? I exactly. You are. Uh, you have a Donny Hathaway collection, the purple vinyl. What is that all about? That's that, that's the re-release of Donny Hathaway, and the the vinyl. Um, the label was like, "Why do we make it purple? It's really royal. It's really regal." And I thought it was so beautiful. And I have a record player now, so I'm excited because you know purple's kind of. It's, it's weird because I was I was in a place I was I was gigging in, in Austin I stayed in a place called the Otis and they had record players in the rooms I think I told you this yesterday and it was Donny Hathaway album oh that's so yeah, awesome. it was Otis Redding Donny Hathaway Prince and uh, one other black dude because everybody else was white so I had to play to to be so indelible that they're going actually back in time. Your father was so indelible that they're going. That his homage is 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 presenting him in his original form. Like like it's not they're not gonna re, they're gonna put it present him in his original form. That I think that's quintessentially resonant. That's got to make you very proud. It it does. I'm honored and you know what I do is every day just try to show up and kill it like he did and represent both of my parents. And I always say that he was here in a very small way so that I could get here. And I'm here in a big way so that he could stay here. It's a cycle. And That's dope. That's dope. Did you, do you, you have, how old were you when he, when he passed? How old 10. were you? You were 10. Do you remember a lot about him? Cause it's the funniest thing to me is I, my, I lost my father three years ago and I'm having a hard time remembering his face or his voice mm -hmm. or, uh, it's really, and that's three years. So that's really yeah. it, 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 That will change. I think that will change. 
How do you um, how do you how do you keep connected to him? Because that's a very young you're very young and that's a very long amount of time and he's been gone yeah. and, and you've been having to make it on your own for a while. So how how do you yeah. keep him here? You know the the music. I don't even have to worry about it. He's he's as close as my ears and my mouth. He's as close as me wanting to make that sound and listen to that sound. So I'm very lucky, you know, because I really miss my grandma and I don't remember the sound of her voice. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So um, my dad's voice, I hear it somewhere every day almost. And I hear it when I'm talking or singing. Yeah, see, so. but but I think the song she pitched at the beginning, you don't remember your dead grandma, but that to me yeah, is that's that, a winner. That is, uh, <laughs> that's a winner. <laughs> Stick with that one, Layla. It's dead it's grandma's song. Uh, <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> I mean, it isn't the same kind. It doesn't have the cadence of, yeah. of this Christmas, but dead grandma's song is a hit. But it's good. It's good. <laughs> um, 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 so uh, you, you're looking for? Are you looking forward to the Grammys? I should say. Are you looking forward to it? I am. I'm looking forward to the Grammys. I'm interested to see how they're going to do it. They, they, they never disappoint. Um, it's going to be interesting to to watch it unfold in this sort of almost post. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say almost post COVID way. Right. Almost. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's hope. Let's hope. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping and praying. I'm hoping. And Are you ready to get back to the road? Ready to get back? This is the longest time I haven't worked since like the, the early. It is horrible. Yeah. I mean, what, the pandemic yeah. has affected people in so many different ways. Right. How has it affected you? I mean, I've been just, it's, it mostly looks like this. <laughs> just looking around. And now she's writing the dead grandmama yeah. song. That's how I look when that happened. One of my dead grandma doing. <laughs> I, miss, I miss my band. I miss the conversations with the audience. I even miss sound check, which is my most hated part yep. of the day. I will never. Yep. Take it for granted again. You know um, what it I is? I miss being able to go out and see people. It's it's almost like for me, it is almost like I've lost myself. Like I'm unfamiliar with who I am because I I was a thing for so long. I, like I'm I, I never am home. Like home feels like a vacation when I get here. So. But but nobody. It's like being in Hawaii and hell at the same time. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's he's on a staycation. There's a new song. There's a new song. Hawaii and hell and your grandmama gone. Um, um, and I've and and I think I'll be better. Like I think I'll be. I know I'll be different when I, we hit the road, like for real, and are able to. Are go you back on the road at all? I am, but 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 it feels different because it's half rooms. Right. Um. Um. So it, it feels they're sc they're scared the whole time. And it feels like a testimony to how far you have. Half rooms, usually, when we grow up, that means you ain't shit. <laughs> you still sell an half room 30 years in. Right. So it feels different. But I'm, it, it, I'm, I'm getting to know more of the things that I believe from an artistic way. Are you, you think you'll be different when you go back? I, it's hard to say. I was literally watching you the other night, uh, King's Comedy, all y'all. And I was thinking, I wonder if we will return to, you know, booms with 10, 20,000 people in them. I don't generally play rooms that big, but to even go into a room of 500 people, I just wonder what it's going to look like. I think my first probably 10 shows, I'm just going to be crying with a snot bubble in my nose. <laughs> I, I can't wait to figure out whatever it's going to be because I'm ready to do my thing. That's that's kind of how I relate to the world. That's my drug. And I 
and I'm sober right now, and it's kind of a drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I envy you. <laughs> I envy you. <laughs> that won't be on my album, Sober Right Now. I mean, hey, <laughs> good luck on your 9,000 Grammys. <laughs> and, and, your, and your new hit, Grandmama's Dead. Get yeah. over it. Uh, <laughs> but later. Thank you, Layla. Layla, <laughs> Thank you, baby. Bye-bye. Take care. Welcome back to DL Uncut. It's time to find out what you need to know. Here's Sybil Wilkes. Hey, Sybil. Hey, Sybil. Like a necklace, girl. Thank you, darling. I <laughs> love everything about your look, Jasmine. Yes. Um, oh, and you too, DL. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about this what? COVID vaccine. Are you? Have you all made a decision whether you're going to get the shot we or not? Took We've it, already gotten the we first got shot. we got the vaccine. You did? Yes. Okay, good. Um, because we really need to encourage our people to get this vaccine, how very important it is, how we can start to get on with our lives and, and be a part of regular life again, whatever regular and normal life looks like post-COVID. But it's uh, we are having a lot of people who are distrusting this vaccine, as you know, uh, whether it's the Johnson & Johnson brand and whatever issues you have with that, um, or just the vaccine itself. And of course, historically, we have good reason to, of course, yeah, with yeah, the course, Tuskegee experiment and, and things like that, even in terms of uh, distrust with the the important hospitals like Johns Hopkins and what they have done with people in the past. So, uh, and, and I know this is your favorite, but invoking National Women's History Month, EDL, we're gonna pay salute to black women who have paved the way in making this vaccine possible. I love black um, women. What do you mean? All my mistresses have been black. What are you saying? Don't be silly. <laughs> so we want to uh, give a real good tribute, a big tribute, a big hurrah and congratulations to Dr. Kizmekia Corbett. She, of course, is the immunologist who was the lead in the research for and, and in bringing the Moderna vaccine to us. Uh, this young woman, young woman, is uh, showing us and showing our young girls and young boys about the importance of their their participation in this horrible disease and, and eradicating it. And secondly, want to give a tribute to nurse Sandra Lindsay. She was the first person, the very first person to take the vaccine. And she said she wanted to make an impression. She wanted to lead by example to people who look like her. This is so important and we have to get past all of these other things that are, are holding us back because our good health and being able to get back to our lives, to hug people again, to go out and hang out and smoke cigars and have drinks with the girls and things like that. That's really important. You never did that with me, damn it. You did. <laughs> what the hell? It's still important. Right. During National uh, Women's History Month, we can do that, DL, if, if I get the vaccine as well. But I want people to really understand the importance and really to pay tribute to these women who have paved the way and leading by example on, on how this vaccine should be used and, and how we can get rid of this disease. You know, it's kind of interesting. And, My mother said, I bought you in this world. I'll take you out. And this young woman who invented the vaccine said, and she do, I'll make a vaccine for it. That's, <laughs> that's, 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 you know what? We're looking for